This is our fourth and final week of our series that we are calling Verified. Some of you have been with us. If you haven't, we put all of our messages online, and it's kind of fun to catch up if you've not heard some in a series. Verified. The whole issue, the whole priority, the whole purpose of this four-week sermon series is for us to really get out of the gates of 2023, launch ourselves into saying, we want to know the person of Jesus Christ a little more personally in 2023. That is our goal. That is our passion. That's something we want each and every one of you to say, I'm in. I'm in. Whatever that looks like for you, that's wonderful. That's fantastic. But the Christian life, I think, and I believe, and I believe scripture would support that above all else, yes, we're saved. Yes, we become children of God. Yes, through personal faith in Jesus Christ, we say yes to him. We become children of God. We're part of his family. We're going to heaven. Fantastic. But life is about growing in our walk with him. Amen? Amen. It is the priority of our lives. And that's what we've been talking about. And that's what we just want you to see. It's, it's not just in the gospels. It's everywhere. It's everywhere in God's word. Knowing, loving, getting to know Jesus Christ more personally every single day. Now, this is going to sound like a teeny bit of a commercial, but that's okay. Because one of the things we like to do here, and I've had a chance to kind of be the point person, is after we do sermon series, we do a four-week follow-up of how-to. Okay, Jeff, you're saying I should grow every day. I should grow deeper in my walk with Jesus. I should become a more committed learner, follower of Jesus Christ. I need to know how to do that. I got a class for you. It starts this coming Tuesday, four weeks, how to grow as a disciple. I'm just trying to be really basic and simple about just how do we do that? So if you haven't registered, love to have you part of that class. It is awesome, and we will learn from each other, and hopefully we'll learn to love and walk with Jesus a little more personally. The passage that I get to share from this morning is in Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. So if you have your Bible, we're going to have these verses up on the screen, but if you have your Bible with you, I want you to turn there, and we're going to look at that to me have been some of the most comforting encouraging, beautiful verses in the word of God. And I hope they are that for you as well. Matthew chapter 11, verse, beginning in verse 25. That's where we're going to start. It says, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and have revealed them to children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. One of the things, if you study your Bible, always look at the context. What's going on before the passage you're looking at? That's what we mean. And, and in reality, what's going on after the passage that you're studying? Because you don't just want to pull verses out, okay? Really important principle. And so what is fascinating and I wanted to share this with you, is what is going on before these verses that Jesus just shared is that Jesus is rebuking three different towns or cities. 
Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. He is basically saying to them, and, and many of them had Pharisees and teachers of the law and others in those cities. He's saying, I taught you, I performed miracles in your midst, and you have rejected me. And then he shares this verse in verse 25. And did you notice that he talks about children, that God does not disclose just primarily his wisdom, his truth to those who are highly educated, to those who have become scholars. In fact, in many ways, the opposite is true. He says, I've disclosed these things to children. There's something incredibly beautiful about God's truth, about the gospel message. And some of you are incredibly blessed to have been raised in homes or in wonderful churches where before you even went to kindergarten, you put your faith in Jesus, right? You understood. I have two daughters that came to Jesus when they were four years old because they understood they sinned and they understand Jesus forgives and that he's their Lord and Savior. It is incredible how God's truth can be understood by children. And then we can go on to those who are uneducated, to those who struggle in many areas of their lives. Think of the people that were drawn to Jesus during his ministry. It's amazing. (laughs) It was the downtrodden, the poor. It was the people who had diseases. It was the people who were broken. It was the people who were sinful and knew it. And they were drawn to him. And it's so beautiful that Jesus is saying here, what I disclose, what people understand in terms of your truth, Father, and who you are and who I am is because I choose to open their minds and open their hearts to that truth. And to me, that's one of the most beautiful things of Christianity is you don't have to be at a certain education level, IQ, or ability to grasp deep things to know the love of Jesus Christ and to embrace it. And that's what Jesus is saying. He goes on and he talks about uh, his identity in many ways. Look at verse 27 with me. He says, all things have been committed to me by my father. Look at this. This is incredible. No one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son And those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. You know, Jesus claimed to be God in flesh. Did you know that? Jesus Christ claimed to be the God man. That's who he is. He is not just a great teacher. He was not just a miracle worker. He was not just a wonderful humanitarian. Jesus Christ is God in flesh. That's who he is. And he says, you can't know the father unless I reveal that to you is what he says. So if you ever have people that you talk to about Jesus, do it lovingly, but I say, they say, oh yeah, I thought Jesus was really cool. I mean, things I read, awesome. What a great teacher he is. Please say, he's so much more than that. He's God the son. He's God in flesh. And so that's what Jesus is revealing here to his disciples. Now let's get into the meat of, of what we want to talk about this morning. Verse 28, incredible. Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, come to me. 
all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, I read that, and it's just like, it's just like, you know, what do you call that? A deep breath? What do you call that? You know, just something happens in my heart. And then I go on in verse 29 and see that it says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Look with me again at verse 28. Come to me all who are weary and burdened. Sound like you? maybe, and I will give you rest. Jesus has offered to his disciples, come to me, come to me. That's what he says. I want, you, I want to talk a little bit about these two words because they're really important to understand, weary and burdened, okay? The word weary simply means exhausted, exhausted. It can be physically exhausted, it can be emotionally exhausted, it means exhausted, But the word burdened, interestingly, means to carry a load that is overwhelming. That's the idea. It's being burdened down. It's when you say to somebody, you know, yeah, I can carry that package. And they go, well, I got three more. We'll just stack them on. Boom, boom, you know, and you just want to fall down and drop them. That's the picture. That's the idea. Those who are burdened down, come to me. Jesus says, come to me. You know, over we're going to look over in uh, Matthew 23 because Jesus uses this word. Again, a, a good Bible study principle is when you see a really important key word in a passage, is it used elsewhere? And it is. Matthew chapter 23, look with me at verses 1 through 4. Matthew 23, verse 1. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. That phrase really is in the Bible. Practice what you preach. They tie up, here's the word over in chapter 11, they tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and they put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Here's what Jesus is saying. This is so important. He's saying, your teachers, the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the religious leaders in our day, they had Moses' law and much of the law they understood and interpreted correctly. But here's what they did. They added to it. They added to it. And they added to it. To the point that trying to follow Uh, the law with the interpretation of the religious leaders of the day made it so hard, made it so harsh, made it so burdensome to them that they felt beaten down. They felt like failures. Jesus says, come to me. If you're trying to keep Christianity, if you're trying to live out your Christian faith by your own strength, by your own efforts, push through, suck it up, 
you know, I have these issues, these sins, these, these failures in my life, and I'm just trying to, by my will, by my own personal strength, conquer those issues in my life. You can't. I can't. Jesus is saying, I want you to come to me. Not just those who are hurting and struggling because life is hard. Those who are trying and trying to be good enough by their own strength, on their own merit, and feel like failures. Anybody there? We are all there in some areas of our lives. God, I failed again. I promised you I wouldn't do that. I failed again. And we feel just so defeated. Jesus says to you, my brother and sister, come to me. Come to me. And I will give you rest. I found a quote from one Bible scholar I thought was so amazingly good. I want to read it to you. It's actually up on the screen. Here's what he wrote. He said, Jesus spoke to people who were desperately trying to find God and desperately trying to be good, who were finding the tasks impossible and who were driven to weariness and despair. And my friends, that's the Christian life without the power of Christ. That's the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can't do it, right? We can't. So Jesus says, come to me. You know, it's sad for much of my Christian life, I I really, this is very true about me. My approach to Jesus, sure, I prayed and I talked to him some, but I had very much a, I'll let you know when I really need you, but I'm handling things pretty well myself approach. That didn't work. (laughs) Because life got too hard. And I and, and my wife and I have handled, had to deal with some really, really challenging situations as many, many of us have. And I just can't suck it up and do my best and gut through and push through. I can't do it. And I learned to come to Jesus in my brokenness, in my despair, in my futility. And he was there. He always is. He always is. Come to me when you're just trying to do it yourself, my child. I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. I like to call this that Jesus invites us. This is his invitation. Come to me. I was thinking about this this statement, come to me. Jesus said that in his beautiful way that I'm sure he did. And I thought, I remember back when I was growing up, sometimes my dad would say, come here. Not like this. And it's like, you know, when when you're just kind of scared, petrified when you hear from a parent, come here. And then you hear, I said, come here. It's like, I'm dead. It's over. Jesus never says that. This is so beautiful. He says, hey, come to me. You are not in a good place. I know. Come to me. I want to give you rest. I want to comfort you. I want to encourage you. I want to bless you.
come to me. Do you know that's an invitation? He doesn't force us to do it. He invites us. And he's doing that today for you. He is, and for me. Let me keep going. Look with me again at verse 29 and 30. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest, I love this, for your souls. Not just your body. (laughs) Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. The essence of taking on his yoke means partnering with him. It means stepping into partnership with him. The picture is a yoke for oxen, right? And often a oxen was teamed together, two together. Again, let me just share something I thought was so helpful to me that I read. This, this uh, one Bible author says, in, uh, in Palestine, yokes for oxen were made of wood. The ox was bought and the measurements, wow, were taken. The yoke was then roughed out and the ox was brought back to have the yoke tried on. We're talking a fitting here, okay? The yoke was carefully adjusted so that it would fit well and not chafe the neck of the patient animal. The yoke was tailor-made to fit the ox. That's how they made yokes back then. And as some commentators have said, and guess what? Jesus was a carpenter. He probably knew how to do this. And this is his beautiful illustration. This is another one of his offers to us. I want you to partner with me through your life. I want you to think of me as your partner. Now, he's always the senior partner, okay? I mean, make sure we get that straight. But he says, I want you to tap into my power I want you to be filled with my spirit. I want to open and illumine your eyes to truth. I want to give you the strength and the grace to live life well, not just survive. I even, he's saying this more and more to me, I even want to give you joy. Have you had seasons? I really have, where life has been really hard. And I ask myself, when is the last time I felt joy? And sometimes it's been quite a while. But Jesus gives joy. He gives joy when you partner with him, when you are yoked together with him. One of the things I do, I do a lot of things in my prayer and in the morning. I tend to use my, in the, <clears throat> excuse me, in the car I drive and I just pray through this, the fruit of the spirit all the time. Lord, give me love, more love. Give me more Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And one of the things I noticed is I have to pray a lot for some of those. Some of those I don't do well at all. (laughs) But it's not about me performing. It's about giving freedom to his spirit to bear that fruit through my life, right? But I have to pray, produce your fruit through me. 
And joy is one I've been really focused on. Because when life is hard, joy is not very present, right? It can be that way. But he wants to give you that joy. And when you get to be partnered with him and you walk side by side with him through life, and that's kind of the picture you have, it's so beautiful. There's kind of this contentment that he gives you. I think that's a lot of what rest for your soul is about. It's a very deep contentment. You're not striving. You're not always trying to perform. You're not always trying to measure up. You're not always trying to be successful for people to see that in your lives. You just are content in him and your partnership with him and getting to be yoked together with, uh, by the way, the God of the universe. The God of the universe invites you to partner with him in your life. That's mind-blowing, isn't it? It truly is. Partner with me. Be yoked with me, is what he tells us. He uses, Jesus only does this a couple times in the gospels that we see. Jesus gives us his self-description. I think about this. I think like if somebody says, give me two or three qualities about yourself. What would you say? Have you ever had somebody do that? Tell me two things. When people think of you, they think she is this and this. Do you see what Jesus said? Verse 29. I am gentle and humble in heart. Not I'm the Lord of the universe. I'm all powerful. I'm all knowing. I can do anything. I am gentle and humble and heart. What? That's how he describes himself in these verses. Now, I like to hang out with people who are gentle and humble in heart. Don't you? I do. You know, it's like they're kind. They're always kind. They tend to be incredibly encouraging. They're loving They want to know, how can I help? How can I support you? What can I do for you? That's what gentle and humble people do. I love to hang with them. I need to be more that way. But that's how Jesus describes himself in this partnership with him. You know what happens when you spend time with the son of God who is gentle and humble of heart? He starts to rub off on you. That's awesome. You start to become like him in that way. It's so beautiful. Gentle and humble of heart. And you shall find rest for your souls. I love it. Boy, do I need more of that in my life. And then his third offer. Jesus mentors us. He says, learn from me. Learn from me. And then he ends with this, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I can remember reading that verse many, many years ago. And I thought, so the Christian life is supposed to be easy? 
And I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I don't believe that at all. I've had a, the privilege of walking with Jesus for 47 years. That's how long ago I gave my life. Yes, I am an older guy. Okay, we, we use the term mature. But I've walked with Jesus a long time. And, you know, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. That doesn't mean life is easy because life is not easy. Life is hard. But there is something about being yoked with Jesus, partnering with Jesus. You know, there really is a sense in which you should, when you're in your car with no other people, you're not alone. Think, that, think about Jesus being in the passenger side. I think about that all the time. He's right here. He's right here. Yes, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and I can get very theological about all that. I won't, because he's right here. So just talk to him. My wife and I, um, my oldest daughter and her husband and, and their three kids live uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, actually, just south of Nashville, Spring Hill, south of Franklin. Some of you know that area. So that's about a seven and a half, eight hour drive for us because we stop a couple times. And here's something that for me is a good illustration when Kathy and I are driving, let's say I'm driving, she drives a lot because I fall asleep a lot when I'm in the car. That's not a good thing. So my wife likes to drive and she drives a lot. But let's say that I'm driving and she's beside me. Sometimes she falls asleep. Sometimes we have incredible in-depth conversations. Some, sometimes she sits there and reads a book. Sometimes we flip the radio on and listen to music. But here's the common denominator of all of that. Whatever we are doing, I'm always conscious of the fact she's there. She's right there. And so, hey, I, let's talk about that. We haven't talked about this for a while. Let's talk about this. Or what do you think about, or whatever it might be. It's just this, because, because of a relationship and a partnership, which marriage certainly is, there's this opportunity to say, we don't need to talk for a while. We need to talk about things that are fun and light. We need to talk about our kids and our grandkids, whatever it might be. We need to talk about some really serious stuff like money. You know, we need to talk about some things. But it's not like I only talk to her, you know, when we've scheduled an appointment with each other. And to me, that's a beautiful picture of partnering with Jesus. It's kind of like we're always in the car together. <laughs> we can talk and we don't have to talk and... You know, whatever it might be. And the way that makes your yoke easy and your burden light is you just never feel alone. You just don't feel alone. It's like he's got you. He is with you always. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Why? Because I got you. Okay. I think he might talk kind of like this. I don't know. But just this idea of, it's okay. You are so worked up, Martha. <laughs> you are so worked up about so many things. About, well, what if this happens? And what if this doesn't happen? And what if we run out of money? And what if, this? I mean, all of these things we drive ourselves crazy with. And he's like, I'm here. I got you. Okay, that's why my burden is light. Because I'm yoked with you. You know, to, to, to really live with that mindset, my friends, to really 
embrace that as what the Christian life really should be is incredibly freeing. And it takes a lot of the anxiety and stress out of life. It really does. And boy, I want that for you. I want that for all of you. It can be so beautiful. Life is hard and we cry and we hurt and we're disappointed and all of those things happen. But he's there right with you. And he says, I'll give you rest. So beautiful. Jesus is saying, come to me, be yoked with me, learn from me. I have been so pondering those three words of invitation. In a lot of ways, commands, but they really are words of invitation. Come to me, be yoked, partnered with me, learn from me. You know, for me, as we're talking about 2023, knowing Jesus personally better, those three at the top of my list. Not more about him knowing him in a very personal way. He says, oh, give us rest. How beautiful is that? He says, I got you, my beloved child. I want to give you rest for your soul. That's his offer to us today. I'm going to have you bow your heads with me, if you would, please. Just bow our heads. Before the team comes out and we have a a closing song in just a bit, sometimes it's good before somebody else is talking or praying, it's good to have a, a quiet moment or two. It's almost good for me to even visualize Jesus saying, come on, come to me. (laughs) You are so stressed. You are so freaked out right now. You are so discouraged. Come to me. I want to so encourage your heart, he says. I want you to take a a deep cleansing breath in your soul. And I want to give you peace and I want to give you joy. I need you to partner with me because I'm inviting you to do that as well, he says. I want you to learn, I believe Jesus says, to just be aware of my presence every moment of every day. I am here with you. And then he says, and part of the beauty of that close relationship is you will start becoming more and more like me. And he is the ultimate perfect mentor, role model, because he's the perfect Lord and Savior. Let's just take a moment and talk to him about those things. Ask him. to be that to you. As our heads are bowed, I I think there could be some people here who have never initially come to him 
by faith. You see, these things I'm sharing with you really do primarily apply to people who have already become disciples of Christ, followers of Christ. And maybe this morning you're here and you know about Jesus and have heard things about him and even gone to church, but you have never acknowledged that you've sinned. We all have. And ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin. To give you a new life with him. To walk through life with him. And my dear friend, if you've never just simply pray that, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I acknowledge I've sinned against you. I need your forgiveness. And from this point on, I want to follow you and live my life for you. Lord, thank you for these words. They are just healing. They are precious. They are beautiful because they so convey your character. Gentle and humble, your heart, come to me. Your invitation, be yoked with me. Help us to say yes to you. In your powerful name, we pray. Amen.